This is a Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. All right. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Um, welcome to the library. I just want to make a couple quick comments. Um, my name is Troy. I think I know most of you, or a few of you at least. Um, I'm obviously one of the librarians, and I um, help coordinate these events. And so um, we're very happy um, to host uh, this today. I just want to make a quick, couple quick announcements. I just want to say, remind everybody that um, the mission of our library is to share knowledge and expertise. And um, the reason that we do these kind of events is to invite outside people in to share that expertise. And our underlying goal, right, is to share knowledge. So I want to say that if you're not here to learn and to listen and to come away with new knowledge, then um, you're here for the wrong kinds of reasons. So I want to make sure that that's open and clear and that obviously our um, ground rules that we always operate under is that we have um, our guest, uh, Sheikh Burjas, uh, right? Okay, I'm, I'm going to butcher that, sorry. So um, uh, we're here to learn from him. And we hope that you have questions and we hope that you ask your questions. And, um, but I want to emphasize that this is his, his floor and his time to teach us about his beliefs and um, about his religion and uh, that he will call on you when it's time for questions and make that clear and that uh, it's not appropriate to interrupt or to have things but jot down, jot down your questions and make sure that, that um, you're able to ask but that we always ask that everyone is polite and that you're here to encourage um, conversation. So with that, we'll do the formal introductions. Thank you, everybody, for coming. We uh, greatly appreciate your time, and thank you. Peace be upon you. All right. Well, I'm just going to tell you guys um, a couple of things before we start. Inshallah, I'm going to tell you the program. How is it, it going to start? First off, we're going to start by uh, Brother Malik, who's going to read uh, a chapter, Surat Ali Imran. And uh, Inshallah, we're going to do the translation. And after that, we're going to have Sheikh Yasid Bridges. Just before we start off, though, I just want to say a couple of things. You know, background of Sheikh Yasid Bridges, where, you know, well, basically, he originally um, is from Palestine, and he was born in Kuwait. He graduated as a class Valley Victorian with the highest honors of the, from University of Medina's College at um, law school in 1996. He had an honor to interact with and learn from a number of highly respected scholars, such as uh, two sheikhs. And after graduating from the University of Medina, Sheikh Yassid Bridges went on to work as a youth counselor and relief program um, in Texas, which uh, it's called the Islamic Center in El Paso in Texas. And also he was an uh, instructor at Al Maghrib Institute. Um, and now he's basically with a bachelor's degree. And he's recently working at Orlin Mosque. And I hope I got all his information. Orlin Park. Correct. Okay. Um, first, we're going to start with Brother Maddox to do the recitation. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon all of you. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولله ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء 
قدير إن في خلق السماوات والأرض واختلاف الليل والنهار لآيات لأولي الألباب الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والأرض ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك سبحانك فقنا عذاب النار صدق الله العظيم Thank you so much for that beautiful recitation and like I said this is a chapter in the Quran surah al-Imran and he just read Thank you. And he just read uh, verses 189 to 199. In the name of God, and to, all, and to Allah belongs the, dom, the dominant of the heavens and the earth. And Allah has power over all things. Verily in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and in the alternation of night and day, there are indeed signs of men of understanding. Those who remember Allah, Allah's callings in prayer, standing, sitting, and lying down on their sides, and thinking deeply about the creation of the heavens and the earth, saying, Our Lord, you have not created all this without purpose. Glory to you. Exalted be with you above all that they associate with you as partners. Give us salvation from the torment of the hellfire. Thank you so much. And now I would like to introduce Sheikh Yasser Bridges. Thank you. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka wa nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa taslima kathiratun mama ba'd Good morning everybody Peace be with you and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh First of all I would like to take this opportunity to thank uh, Moraine Valley uh, College for giving us this opportunity really and this environment and to uh, come here and discuss uh, subjects of faith for a person like myself and other people of faith, other people of uh, expertise, this is a beautiful opportunity, really, and I really, really appreciate the, the, the opportunity you're making for the for the students over here. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you very much. And I would like to thank also the MSA for giving us the opportunity to come here and share part of what we believe as Muslims with the audience here and the student body of uh, the college. So thank you very much for everything that you guys are doing. Now, when I first came in here, of course, the subject which is the prophets of Islam. I was uh, uh, informed to talk about this particular subject for the importance of presenting this area from, uh, from our faith and our Islamic theology to a broader audience. So prophets of Islam, what do you mean by prophets? Uh, who are they? What do they do? Uh, what kind of mission they came with? How many do we believe in all now these aspects of our belief? Prophets of Islam, I'm going to be presenting this to you in this short presentation. And I hope I can give you this topic the right uh, timing and discussions and at the end we will open the floor for Q&A so be free and feel free I mean and uh, uh, 
enjoy the presentation and ask your most pressing questions. I know many people, they have so many questions would like to inquire about, and you're seeing that a guest is coming right now, you might feel kind of shy, say he's our guest over here, I don't want to ask these kind of troubling questions. I would say feel free, that's the opportunity. If I have the answer, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. If I don't, I know my limits, and I just say, I don't know. And I was coming in here, before I started to talk about the subject from a theological perspective, I looked around and I saw most of the students really are dealing right now, even though I saw some books over there, I, I noticed most of the students are behind screens and they're filling all these seats, watching things on the computers, on their laptops and so on, more than reading books. So I thought, you know, this is very interesting, because this is exactly how should we understand the concept of theology. Why, why God sent prophets for us? It's just like, because we know we understand technology better right now than anything else, I would like to start with this analogy. To summarize the whole concept of prophethood in Islam, I would like to start with this analogy. I'm sure that all of us, all of us, and one, one basically, uh, uh, at least one time in our lives, we went to one of these uh, department stores and we bought, we bought an appliances or some uh, electronic uh, device, like a laptop, computer, a copying machine, whatsoever. So we had an opportunity to buy these devices. I'm sure that we all did that. Now let's assume that you bought a desktop, a computer, or a laptop. What is the first thing that you notice on the box? Now you're going to be opening this box, but just before you open it, that product right now that you just bought, there is something outside you need to care for, you need to be aware of. What is it? That, what is it? Huh? The maker? Well, for sure, you've already bought, the, bought it based on the maker, because when you bought Dell, for example, or Apple, Macintosh, you already went there. But now you got the box in your hand, and there is one important instruction that you have to care for, you have to be aware of. Once you take it from the, from the manufacturer, that's the first instruction that you need to, to, to adhere by or to, to comply with. What is it? This side up. This side up. Here you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. The first thing you see, you observe basically. You don't, need, you don't need to be told this side up. But just by observation, you know that this side should be up. What if someone says, I don't believe in that? And therefore... You carry the box upside down, and you take it home the way it is. You keep rocking it in the car, shaking it, do whatever you want to do with it, and then put it and try to open it. And then, if you try to turn it on, it doesn't work. Or if it does, you'll have lots of troubleshootings. Who's, who's the, to blame? The manufacturer? Are you sure? I don't blame the manufacturer in this case, because the manufacturer already told me this side up. As if I don't carry this side up, I'm going to be responsible for whatever damage is caused for this, for this product. That's the first thing we see. Okay, I adhere, and that's what we believe as Muslims, that this side up, we call it istiqama in our religion, which means steadfastness. Straight, be straight in, your, in the path of God. That's the first thing. He created you, he's the manufacturer, you are the, pro, you are the product, and you need to be straight up in your life. According to his instructions. The first instruction is observation. And I observe I need to be straight up. That's the first thing. Second, you put the box now on the table. And then you open it. You open it the right way. The way he told you. What is the first thing you see once you open the box? Instruction manual. 
most men, you guys, the male mentality is once you see the manual, what do you do with it? Throw it away. Because I can, I can figure it out. I know better. Or I can figure it out. So you start to mess around with that product, and if you, there's need assembly for the product, we always, as men, once we're done putting things together, once we're done, we always end up with extra pieces. And once we see that, that's when you start saying, oh my God, where did this thing go? So what do you do next? You start looking for the manual. Sometimes it's too late. It's really too late sometimes to go and check the manual, try to open it, and you don't understand how to read it. Why? Because you've already messed it up. All the products, all the pieces are in. You don't know which one comes first or how to do it unless you, you put it back again into pieces. And if you try to do that, you're probably going to break it. Once you put things together, you might not be able to disassemble that because you might break it. Sometimes you're halfway, and therefore when you open the manual and the book, you say, Oh my God, I can redeem myself right now. Let me go by the instructions. I'll start from the beginning. And sometimes the smartest guy is the one who's going to go, Okay, fine. I know I'm smart, but part of being smart is to use the instruction of the manufacturer. Therefore, I need the manual. This manual, we call it the book of God. Whether it's, you believe in it as the Bible, in Islam we believe to be the last one, to be the Quran. We believe as Muslims that God sent so many books, so many manuals during different times. Because, you know, even the manufacturer, when he sends down his products, they always upgrade. Like Microsoft recently, they went to Windows 7. Every time they send us a new, a new product, it goes with a new software. Culture and civilizations upgrades. There is more legacy, there is more intellectuality, there is more discussion. So basically they upgrade. And now we reach 21st century, we are almost the highest level right now. So we always upgrade in that sense. So God sends us books and manuals one at a time. And he sends us therefore the old, what we call today the Old Testament. And then you have the New Testament. And as Muslims we believe in the final testament. And that's the Quran. That's now the final message that he sent. Of course upgrading the system. Then, what if you couldn't understand the book? You try to read it, even though it's English language, you're just trying to understand it, it doesn't make any sense. There are a lot of puzzles in there. What do you do? If you check the manual, what is the first thing that's on the top, on the cover? What is it? Huh? The first instruction on that manual, what is it? Or the first time that you see? Before that, there's something that said, Stop! Hazardous, so and so, which means if you try to operate that on your own, you might hurt yourself. Make sure you plug, unplug, do this, do that. They give you the main instructions, and these are the general instructions. We believe this is now as a matter of faith becomes. If you trust the manufacturer, then I need to have faith in him. If he tells me, don't plug it right now, don't turn it on first. Don't do this. He's told, he told me so. I need to listen to him. I need to check exact instructions and go further. What if now I have a problem in going further? What do I do? What is the last thing you see on that page? They'll give you some sort of guidance. If you couldn't understand anything, what do you need to do? Call this number. Call this number. Customer service. What is this number? Who is going to be on the other end when you call this number? Your friend? Telemarketer? Someone whom they deem to be an expert. 
who's going to explain it to you, help you get through it. Those experts, we call them prophets. God is the manufacturer. We are the product as part of this whole duration of mankind and humanity. This whole universe is as well, the same thing. And then he sends the manual with this product. You need to operate by going over this manual, which is the book of God. And if we have any problem, we just need to ask the expert. And these experts are the prophets. The prophets nowadays are gone. So who is going to be the next generation of these experts? We call them scholars. Scholars, imams, priests, rabbis, whatever you want to call them. Eventually they are the experts in that field. Sometimes, sometimes we have to admit, some of these now new generation of experts are no more than just, you know, those who just read the instructions are on the screen. When you call them, they tell you, hold on a second. So they, they read to you the instructions on the, man, on, on the screen, and if they, do, if they just jam, they cannot, you cannot go any further with you, they send you someone who is higher. Someone who is higher. Which means there will always be someone who is more knowledgeable than you, than the one whom you're calling, and so on. That depends on knowledge. The more you know, the more you study the manual, the more you know about the book, the easier it will be to operate that system, to operate that product. That is the, 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 the simple and basic analogy to describe the concept between God, His creation, and the middle person, the experts who communicate by explaining the manual to us. That's the basic explanation to the, to the concept of prophethood in Islam. Now, let's go into the theological aspect of it. In Islam, what do we believe in? We believe that God sent those experts, prophets and messengers. We do believe that there are some uh, people we call them prophets and people we call them uh, messengers. And in Islam, a prophet and a messenger are different from each other. How is that? Prophets in Islam are those who, who are sent down to continue the message of those who were before them. Messengers usually come down with a new revelation, a new message from the beginning. Such as Prophet Abraham or Ibrahim as in the Arabic language. Prophet Moses, Musa. These are called also messengers because they have a new, a new revelation and they, they spread the message to the generation that comes after them. However, after Prophet Musa or Moses, many, many prophets came. These are not necessarily messengers, but prophets. They continue the legacy of Musa or Moses until the time of Jesus. And Jesus was a messenger because he brought a new revelation, a new book, the Injil we call it, the Gospel. Until the time of Muhammad, and we believe that Muhammad was the final messenger, the final messenger that was sent to mankind. And his message is still continuous until this day. The Prophet, Prophet Muhammad informed us even that the number, of, the number of messengers and the number of prophets, he said that the number of messengers are 300 and so, which means 310, 305, 300, something around that number. 300 and so, 300 plus. But the prophets were more than 124,000 prophets throughout the history of mankind, from Adam all the way until Prophet Muhammad. More than 124,000 prophets, amongst them were 300 and so messengers. As Muslims, we believe the belief in the prophets or the messengers, uh, or prophethood in general basically, is one of the six articles of faith. As Muslims, we believe, number one, in the oneness of God. Number two, that God created angels to communicate the message between mankind 
and him. We believe in those messages that he sent down throughout the history of mankind, starting from Adam all the way to Muhammad. We believe, number four, in those prophets and messengers who communicated the message for us, through, of course, uh, from God. And number five, we believe in the final day, because naturally, at the end of, the, of, the end of your life, I mean, there has to be some sort of uh, account. What did you do? Did you pass the test? Did you write? Did you wrong? And so on. You are going to be held accountable for, for your deeds. Right? You'll be rewarded. Wrong? You're going to be held accountable for it. And the last article of faith, we call it Al-Qadr, predestination. Divine predestination. Which means everything that happens, happens by the will of God. Not necessarily that He loves it, but He made it as part of our test. So good and evil, the creation of God, as part of the test, He gave us the free will to choose. And He says, I want you to follow my instruction, the manual. But if you miss it, there is no other path except the other one. I want you to be on the right path, don't be on the wrong one. It's part of our test. So this is, these are the six articles of faith, and one of them is to believe in the messengers and the prophets of God. We do believe that God sent all these prophets and messengers, but we don't have their names. We only have a name of few of them. The Quran mentions about 24 to 25 prophets and messengers by name. And I mentioned some of them for you. Prophet Adam, Prophet Nuh, Noah of the Ark, Abraham or Ibrahim, Musa, that's Moses, Prophet uh, or Messenger Isa, Jesus, we believe in him, and Prophet Muhammad as well. These are all prophets or messengers. When I say actually prophet for a messenger, interchangeable terminology because every messenger is a prophet because he also carries a message with him. But not every prophet, can, we cannot say for every prophet to be a messenger. So, message or the messenger is actually a broader concept than prophethood. We also believe in Prophet Dawood, David, his son, Suleiman, Solomon. We believe in Yahya, John the Baptist, Zachariah. We believe in many, many prophets and they were mentioned by name in the Quran as well as in the tradition Prophet Muhammad himself. The rest of them, we have to believe in that collective concept of the message and the messengers. We have to believe in that as Muslims. Now, what is so special about these prophets? The first thing that they are special with is that they, they were given a divine message. And God selects these people through divine selection. It doesn't happen by mistake. Which means when Prophet Adam or Prophet Noah, he got the message, it didn't happen by mistake. No, he got the message because God chose him for that. He chose him for the message. When Abraham was given the message, he was chosen for that mission. It didn't happen by mistake. When, when Prophet Muhammad, he got the message, it didn't mean that he just woke up and he says, God sent me. No, God chose him. And he became the messenger based on this. And then the message went on and on for, with him through the communication between him and God through these angels. We believe that the communication between God and his messengers, human messengers, it happens through different ways. And one of the most popular ways of, of having this communication is to communicate through the, through the angels. Angels are another actually aspects of our faith as Muslims. There are so many, uh, numerous, but there is one important angel. He's the archangel of all these angels. Angel Jibril, or Gabriel. Jibril, we believe him to be the messenger of the messengers. So he's the messenger of God to the messengers to mankind. He is the one who communicates these books and these revelations to mankind. Why do we need prophets anyway? 
Why do we need this message for? As Muslims, we believe that our creation is made of two components. These two components, number one, earthly component, and number two, heavenly component. As a human being, how do you call yourself a human being? Do you call yourself a human being by body or by soul? Are you a human being, are you a human being by body or by soul? By soul? That's it? See, if I see you floating in the air, so I see, oh, there's a human being over there. It's the Halloween season now, so you cannot see all these things around. What do you call them? Spirits or ghost, spooky name. If I see your soul floating in the air, it means I'm seeing a ghost. Oh my God, it's so scary. And if I see, if I see just a human body down there, and there is no soul in it, what do you call it? Dead body. Do you call it by name? Any human being, once, once a human being dies, once the soul departs, we no longer call them by names. We call them by numbers. So you become a number, you become a record, you become a dead body. Even your people, they start calling you Al-Marhum in the Arabic language, which means the deceased, the deceased. What about his name, her name? Where did it go? It's gone. You're a human being by those two components. That earthly component, which is the chamber of life, this is the, the body, and by that spiritual component, which is coming from, from the heavens. So the body itself is created from dirt. As Muslims, we believe in that. God created Adam from dirt. And dirt, of course, went through uh, formations until it became the human body right now, the way we see it. Therefore, as for you, the body has to be nurtured from the same exact ingredients. If you try to feed your body through spiritual experience, would you feel fit? You won't. If you try to lock yourself up three days and three nights, no water, no food, no exercise, no nothing, what would happen? You will start hallucinating, thinking that you're now connecting with God, and then you start now fainting, and then you will die. Same thing, if you are going to nurture your soul, which is not from earth, it's coming from God, this is now spiritual being, if you try to, connect, to, to nurture your soul through uh, earthly components, such as food, drink, they call it food for the soul, I don't believe in that. It's food for the body. So basically, if you eat, you drink, you exercise, you do whatever you want to do. What happens? Do you think that your soul will be nurtured? You feel, you feel spiritually high? You won't. Until you feed each with the exact component that it's, it's applicable for it. Your soul needs some spiritual nutrition. And the only spiritual nutrition that we have today is that it's still connected with God. And that is the book of God, the Revelation. The revelation, we believe the Qur'an to be the revelation of God that came through the Prophet Muhammad. That's why we need these messengers. So they could communicate to us the food for the soul. Even God in the Qur'an, He called the revelation to be In the Arabic language, the text in the Qur'an says, And thus we have, we have sent to you, O Muhammad, we have sent to you a spirit from our command. A soul from our command. That spirit or soul, ruh in the Arabic language, our Muslim scholars and commentators on the Quran, they say that's the soul for the soul. It's the soul of your soul. The spirit that comes from God to nurture your soul, which is going to make, your, make you happy in this life. Not just your stomach. It's your soul that will make you really happy in this life. We believe that this the revelation that comes from, from, from God through these prophets works like the medicine would work for the body. Revelation is the, 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 the medicine of the soul, just like the medicine for the body.
The reason we need those prophets for, because as human beings, yes, God provides us with instruments by which we can tell what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is beneficial, what is harmful. We can tell that sometimes. However, we have a very limited ability to recognize that because our, our intellect is limited, is basically finite and limited to the material life. Anything beyond material life, it becomes all interpretation, philosophical discussion. We don't have any solid evidences for it. How can you use the intellect as an evidence to justify something that cannot even perceive to begin with? Or to cannot perceive fully? So therefore there has to be something beyond the, limit, the limits of the, of, of the intellect to justify that. And that's what we believe to be the revelation that comes from God. So, and the prophets, their job is to communicate. Now, these, this, this knowledge, the divine knowledge, for us to understand what is beyond the capacity of the human intellect. We believe as Muslims that uh, the authentic, authentic revelation does not contradict the sound mind at all. And if there is any contradiction, it means one of two things. Whether that revelation that you, you, uh, you claim to be a revelation must be wrong. There has to be some sort of authenticity, some sort of mechanism to authenticate these revelations, to say this is the word of God, this has been altered, this has been changed, that it, can, it has a really sound chain all the way to the main source, the prophets and so on. So if you prove it to be a sound, to, to came through a sound source to the, to the prophet, then it is a sound, is it authentic narration or revelation, and I have to believe in it. And sometimes, no, it's the, because of the mind could not perceive that correctly. So there is no contradiction in Islam between the sound mind and the authentic revelation that comes through prophets. What do they do? These prophets, what was their job? Their job was to deliver the message of God, to call people to believe in God and worship Him, and basically instruct us to work upon the manuals in order to operate to operate this product correctly and the right way, you have to do it in the most professional way. Follow the instruction of God. They give good news, good glad tidings, and bad news for those who don't follow the instructions. Uh, just like when you have an issue with your product and you call the, the experts and they tell you it's your fault, sir, so you, you cannot, we cannot reimburse you for that, and you start fighting with them. You go to court. Who's going to judge you over there? You have to go by the manual, and if they have done the right thing and you failed, it's your problem. It's not the, the experts of the manufacturer problem in this case. One of the, mer the primary roles of these prophets and messengers of God is to help us, help us purify our souls. In this life, we overwhelm ourselves with, with the material life. And the material world is, doesn't make you a human being. If it's all about material life, then we become equal to animals in this world. Because they're all about this. So there is something else beyond the material pleasure, the carnal pleasure of this life. It has to be something else that makes you separate from the other creation. And that has to do with your intellect and with your spirituality. So therefore, they came to purify our souls, make us connect with the divine, and make us submit ourselves to none except Him. And that's one of the main ways of, of strengthening your soul. If you know that you are connected with Him, and, that's, and, and you just submit to Him and only Him, you feel the power of being with the divine all the time. Part of their mission was to help people, bring, the, bring people back to the straight path. Human beings, just like any other, uh, uh, just basically, even in our history, recent history, you see how ideas develop, 
how notions you know uh, are, are are made and then start uh, developing and, and evolving and so on eventually you start creating things and ideas and notions and sometimes ideologies every now and then because we are natural human beings they're going to have to investigate and look for the truth and so on sometimes they find the truth on their own way but in the way that is not according not in compliance with the instructions of the of, of, of the lord so therefore they go a little bit away from the mainstream and the job of these prophets to bring people back to the mainstream and part of their job as well was to uh, uh, to rule the people by the command of god and help the people establish the sound sound society by uh, fulfilling the commands of God so everybody uh, is fulfilling his role in this life we believe as Muslims that the first mission the first role or job uh, a human being should really fulfill and care for is to submit themselves to the will of God and that's why Islam is called Islam which means submission and the Muslim is the one who submits to the will of God we do submit to the will of God based on knowledge based on our uh, knowledge in the revelation, not just blind faith, we have to know before we submit to the will of God. Those, the, the, some of the attributes of these prophets, we believe the prophets were human beings, period. And when we say human beings, means they're just like any other human being. They grow naturally like children, and they grow up normally, they become adults, and so on. They get sick, they use the bathroom, they eat, they get hungry, they get thirsty, they get tired, they, they even they procreate, they get married and they procreate. They were human beings. The difference that they were an example of human perfection. I know for someone who comes from a different background, not from an Islamic background, the image of the prophets that comes from uh, the, religious, the religious text, kind of confusing. When you see the image of prophet Noah, Nuh, prophet Lut, other prophets in the Bible, other books of uh, religious books, kind of confusing. How could a prophet act like this? So when you see that, it says, how could they be example of perfection? As Muslims, we believe the prophets were perfect in that sense. So as messenger represent, representatives of God, they were perfect in that sense. We, they were the, the, the perfection of human beings. And we do believe in a, in a perfection in human beings. However, the perfection in human beings has, is, is not like the perfection of the divine, and it's not like the perfection of the angels. Human beings, they err, they make mistakes. So how do, how do you consider a human perfect if they make mistakes? The perfection in human beings, if after they make a mistake, they would go and they fix it. We call it repentance. In that device that I talked about from the beginning, you always have a final resort when you don't know how to fix the, 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 the system and so on, what do they tell you at the end? When you call that expert, he says, you know what, I've tried everything, but it's not working. What shall I do now? They say, reset the system. There is a button there. Say, press it for 10 seconds, then release, then turn it again, you come back fresh. We call this repentance. So every time you make a mistake, you are required to press the set, the set button, and then you open fresh, you go back now to act normal. If you make a mistake again, what do you do? You're doomed? No, you're not. Not yet. So you can still redeem yourself by resetting the button and always repent to God. So we believe that these prophets were human beings and they will help us go through this, of course. Human beings, but now they resemble the human perfection. Uh, these prophets, they had to go through some hardships in order to... Uh, 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 to show the best example how human beings should endure challenges in this life. 
So when you see a prophet who uh, had to endure the, the rejection of his people, the denial of his fellow, his fellow uh, families and clans and so on, it doesn't mean that he was, he was lying or he was not communicating the message the right way. No, he did his best, but his people rejected him. We also believe that these prophets, uh, they even had their own regular professions. Some of them were blacksmiths like Dawood, David. Some of them were even carpenters, like Job, Ayyub, salam. And some of them, even they, they, they were shepherds, like Musa. Moses, for ten years in the desert, he was in Median, he was actually a shepherd. Prophet Muhammad was a shepherd as well, and he was a merchant. So they were regular human beings who had professions, but then they received the message from God. We believe that these prophets were infallible in terms of delivering the message. When it comes to delivering the message of God, they were infallible. Do not make mistakes. God sends them a message, a revelation, and they deliver that accurately, 100%. And if they do anything wrong, God will, will, come, will come with a new revelation to rectify and fix that error, that mistake. But we believe that they were actually perfect in that sense as well. In order to help them, to help them deliver this message, God gave them signs by which people could believe when they see these signs. And each sign is the sign that is equivalent to the mastery of their time. We call them miracles. So during the time of Moses, the people of, of the time, of, the people of actually of, of that time were known for magic. So the, the signs of Mo Moses came surpassed the highest level of magic, something that's beyond, beyond magic. So when he came and he threw the staff, and he put his hand and he raised it out, and it was white, when he split the sea, when he did all these miracles, people knew that this is not the work of man. No way, because we know what magic is. This is impossible. The time of Jesus, the Roman Empire became like the, 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 the greatest empire, and the best thing they produced to, to mankind back then was their, their, uh, their sciences, specifically in medicine. And therefore, when Jesus came, he, he brought his, with him science beyond the science and the medicine that they knew. So he was born without the need of a father. Miraculous birth. How could this happen? It's the first miracle from God. He was born from the Virgin Mary without the need of a father. Second, he, he was able to bring the dead back to life. And this is something never happened before. He used to cure people by wiping with his hand on them. And that's another miracle from God. So what God was working through him. When came with Prophet Muhammad, he also came for the time, and for the, with a miracle that's suitable to his time. And his time, people, they were known for their eloquency. They produced the art of speech. And I know for those who don't know the Arabic language, it's kind of, they cannot really visualize that. or cannot see how, how important that is. But for someone who knows the Arabic language, even ask Orientalists, they will testify to, to the eloquency of the Arabic language. That is beyond, beyond in any other language in terms, of, in terms of the art of speech, in terms of structure, in terms of phonology, in terms of all these kind of beautiful meanings. Unbelievable. So when Prophet Muhammad, he brought them the book of God, the Quran, in an Arabic language similar to theirs, but in a structure completely different from theirs, they were amazed by that. And God even challenged them in the Quran, and the challenge still stands until this day to produce ten chapters equal to this. They couldn't. He challenged them to produce three chapters. They couldn't. And then the, the challenge came down to one single chapter. Just bring me one chapter similar to this. And until this day, man never, was never able to produce anything in that form of speech like the, the, like the Quran itself. These are actually 
some of the, uh, the miracles uh, of, of prophets, and every single prophet has his own miracle to prove his message to his people. The last thing I would like just to conclude with over here is the message of these prophets. We believe as Muslims, all these prophets from time of Adam until the time of Muhammad, they brought the same message, all of them. When we say the same message, we're talking about in terms of theology, the belief in God. They all came with the same message to believe in God, and He is only one, and worship Him, Him alone. That's it. Then, they differed on the law and the legislation. Why? That's very natural. They lived different times. They had different cultures. The size of the communities were different as well. So, the legislation and the law has to, has to fit the people and their time. Even until this day, we change the law based on the new development and how the society evolves. So God was sending these prophets with the same theological message, to believe in one God and only one. That's it. And then, to, 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 how, to, how to act, how to uh, uh, set the law and the society, this is something depends on the time and the environment and, and the culture of that society. It evolves until the time of Prophet Muhammad, who came down with the final message, which has basically like a summary. It was just like the summary and conclusion of all these now messages and legislation of the past, put all on one book in one society so that will be uh, uh, applicable all times from, from the time of Prophet Muhammad until the day of judgment. We do, all, we do believe in all these prophets and as Muslims we are commanded to believe in them all and we believe in them equally. If we deny one prophet, if we deny one prophet, then we deny all the prophets. As Muslims, if I deny Jesus as the messenger of God, we don't believe in him to be the son of God, but we believe in him as the great messenger of God. And if we deny him, we've denied all the prophets, including Muhammad. If we deny Prophet Moses, Musa, then we deny Prophet Muhammad. If we deny any other prophet that was mentioned by name to us, then we deny all the prophets. And if you do so, then you're no longer a Muslim. You cannot be a true Muslim until you believe in all these prophets and all the messengers of God that were mentioned by name and collectively by the message that was sent to, to mankind. This is actually a summary of prophets in Islam, how we believe in them and what was their message. And I hope that by doing so, I gave actually just a brief summary on this, uh, one of the main principles and articles of faith in Islam. Hopefully that will help you all understand uh, where Muslims come from when they talk about Prophet Muhammad, Prophet Moses and so on. One thing actually as a, as a, a, a disclaimer over here, or reminder probably, maybe you have heard about the things happening in Denmark and other places in Europe when people, they draw caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad, how people got upset and so on. You know, Muslims, they hold their prophets dearly. It's not just Muhammad. If someone does that to Jesus or Moses, you'll find Muslims get upset and angry equally to how much they got upset and angry for the Prophet Muhammad. Because we're all holding that dearly to that level. No one has the right to come and, and mock or ridicule these prophets because they are the best example to mankind sent by God to us. Allah. Now I'll open the floor for question. Any question? Yes, sir. Uh, what, what you introductory things was you were talked about divine predestination. Yes, sir. Then you said something about free will. Can you kind of uh, explain that a little bit more about what you mean by divine predestination and Okay, the meaning of the pre pre uh, divine predestination. We believe as Muslims, everything created by God, uh, so whether the good and the bad, uh, the, the, right, the right and wrong, these are all creation of God. However, it's all part of His divine plan, 
and then he gave us this, the, this, this tool and instrument by which we can tell right and wrong. God says in the Quran that he created us when we were born. هو الذي أخرجكم من بطون أمهاتكم لا تعلمون شيئا والله أخرجكم من بطون أمهاتكم لا تعلمون شيئا He brought you out from the wombs of your mother knowing nothing. And then he said, and he gave you instruments by which you learn. And these instruments, he says, As-sam'a wal-absara wal-af'idah. Hearing, sight, and the heart by which you process this information, you make decisions. So we were given now all these instruments, and he says, here you go, you have your intellect, you have your instruments, listen, if you, if you learn something, and you have someone like myself coming with something new to you, listen to it, hear it, see it, process that, and make judgment. If you, do, if you, are, you have the right judgment, then make a decision based on this. You have the choice to do the right thing or the wrong thing. So predestination doesn't mean that God, He loves, he loves the, the, uh, evil or bad. doesn't mean that God is forcing me to become evil or forcing me to become Muslim or forcing me to become Jew or Christian or whatever religion that you follow. He doesn't force me to be that. He's given you the opportunity to explore. And if you choose one path, then that's yours. But he, he informed us that you, our job, our role is to look through all these paths that are available to explore and see which one is the right one. And just follow your decision. Any question? If you guys don't have a question, I will ask questions. Go ahead. The Islamic stand on evolution. Do Muslims believe in the theory of evolution? Uh, the theory of evolution has been presented by Darwin. It's all for basically from the beginning to the end. Uh, we don't believe in that whole, whole uh, theory of evolution as, as was presented. But we do believe as Muslims an element of evolution uh, uh, did exist. For example, Prophet Muhammad informed us that Adam, when he was first created, he was huge. He was 60 dirah, which means 60 cubics or 60 to the length of an arm. That's the size of Adam, the beginning. Uh, and as you see, our size right now, it's just the proportion is going, and that's natural. How many people lived on earth when Adam was sent down? Few. Imagine if Adam was the size of, of my size. How would he go to, to do things on earth? So he had to span earth faster. As the number grew, we start shrinking. That's what's mentioned in the Quran. The other thing, the other fact about this, is that the age also, the another element of evolution. Prophets before us, they lived for hundreds and thousands of years. We know from the Quran, the prophet Noah, he lived more than a thousand years, more than a millennium. What did he do in a millennium? Don't ask me. It's probably you say it's too long, oh my God, what kind of life is going to run through this? One thousand years? Wow, this is a little too much. It doesn't matter. They lived one thousand years because... The size, again, the size of the community, the human community was small, so they need to live longer to procreate and expand and so on, and then somehow start shrinking. Another, another sign of evolution is the diversity that we see today. Look at us. We come from all backgrounds, in terms of color, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of, uh, uh, of, of uh, language and so on. Where did this come from? If we, they both came from the, same, from the same couple, Adam and Eve. How did we become dark, uh, uh, white and all these shades and so on. There's an element of evolution happened there. So when some of them lived in the cold areas, they didn't need they didn't need a dark skin. They need actually a lighter skin so they could absorb. So just you're just there is no I mean the, the sun is not 
a burning there to, to make them darker, so therefore became lighter. The hair also became lighter in, in colors. The eye also, the cornea becomes lighter in color. But those who live in Africa, they still have the darker color. Those who live in the Middle East, you can see shades in between. Those are in the East. And so all these now, another sign of evolution. We do believe in that form of evolution, I mean, sign of evolution in the human uh, race. But not that we came from apes or we came from monkeys or donkeys or whatever. Uh, as human beings, we believe, we believe this is a special design. God created Adam specially as a separate individual creation from any other creation. Yes. Any question? Yes, sir. Uh, you, you had uh, listed the, the six principles. Uh -huh. uh, believe in the messages, the messages of God. Yes. And then the books. Did I, say, did I mention the books? Books of God? When I said the messages, basically the books also. It include the books with it. Yeah. So we believe as Muslims, we believe in the Torah of Moses. We believe in the Gospel of Jesus. We believe in the Psalms of David. We believe in the scrolls of Abraham. We believe in, uh, uh, in the, the, the Quran of Prophet Muhammad. We believe in all of these books. However, I have to also add to this, that we believe in the original Torah of Moses. The original Gospel of Jesus, the original Psalms of David, because even Christian theologians, historians, they prove that these books, somehow there's some element of, of, uh, of change uh, that took place and, and was added. Or Depends, of course, on uh, how, they, how, you, uh, how, how you see things, but we believe in that. When it comes to the Quran, as Muslims, we do claim, and our claim is open for discussion, for debate, even for investigation. Go and check it out yourself. We believe that the Quran is the only book that was not changed or altered from the time of Prophet Muhammad until this day. As an evidence, a very basic evidence for this is the original language. The Quran was revealed in Arabic, and until this day, it is still in Arabic. There are translations all over the place. You can see that. English, Spanish, whatever. There are multiple English translations. None of these translations is called the Quran. You will not see any translation says the Quran. It will say the translation, the glorious Quran, the meaning, and so on. But the Quran, they all agree, it's the Arabic text. That's it. Now, any question? Yes. Uh, question: Were there any prophets who are not descendants of Prophet Abraham? Is that the question? Okay. Um, actually, a very nice question. Thank you very much for bringing this up. We believe as Muslims that prophets and messengers came from Adam all the way until, until Prophet Abraham. Abraham became the, the patriarch of, I don't want to say all, but most of the prophets and messengers who came after that until Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Abraham, or Ibrahim, he had two, son, two children, two sons. The older one, Ismail, or Ishmael. The younger one, Ishaq, or Isaac. Prophet Abraham, he, he made an invocation. He called upon God and he asked him to bless his offspring, bless his children, and make them great nations and make prophets and messengers from them. God responded to him and answered his call. However, the plan of God is that for some reasons, uh, Abraham, he had to send Hagar or Hajar with her son Ismail all the way down south into Arabian Peninsula today, a land called Mecca. So he sent them down there, 
and then his younger son was born later uh, in uh, uh, 15 years later basically was born in Jerusalem uh, so God chose the, the lineage of Isaac for the, prophet, for the prophethood majority of prophets and messengers came from the, line, from the lineage of Isaac including Moses uh, David, Suleiman and so on and the, the Bani Israel or the Israelites basically until Jesus then after Jesus almost for 600, close to 600, 500, almost 600 years, there were no prophets or messengers after Jesus, until Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad, he comes from the other line of Abraham. He comes from, from uh, Ismail. Ismail had his own children. From them, there were some prophets here and there, but not as popular as many as those who came from the lineage of Isaac, until Prophet Muhammad. What's the, what's the reason? Why did God change his mind about it? It's not about changing his mind. It's about now, God, he gave Isaac the, the, uh, the, the privilege of, of being the, the forefather of all these now children and prophets and messengers. But if we read the history of uh, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and so on, was always troubled in, in some areas. Always uh, uh, there were so many actually mistakes, errors, and so on. So eventually, the Arabs who lived in the Arabian Peninsula were completely separate from the societies around them. So they grew up a very pure, indigenous society, not influenced by any philosophy, no Greek philosophy, no concept of trinities, nothing. It was dispersed in that sense. So they were pure pure actually uh, minds so he chose them to carry the final message and uh, uh, the moment they, they received the concept of monotheism it was very actually uh, easy for them to, to, to understand it at later generations without the influence of other philosophies so that was why the change from now from the theology of, uh, of Christianity and Judaism to the new theology of Islam when it comes to the concept of monotheism so Prophet Muhammad is from the lineage of Abraham before him yeah absolutely there were so many other prophets where did they go? Where did they preach? We don't know exactly. And the prophet says uh, there were 124,000 prophets and 300 and so messengers. Where did they go? We don't know. We don't know the details. Any question? So, that means we're done? Okay. Anyway, I'll be here for a few more minutes if you guys would like to, uh, to have a final question. And if you kind of feel shy asking one of everybody... Trust me, I'm willing to answer the most pressing question if I have the answer for it. I would like to thank you very much again for giving us the opportunity to come and talk about this uh, aspect of Islam. And I hope uh, uh, that in the future we come back for more of these kind of discussions. Once, once again, thank you for, for, for your time for the college. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Zakhlokhin, Sheikh Yasser Bridges. Uh, we really deeply appreciate you joining us, inshallah, at Morning Valley Community College uh, on behalf of the MSA. Uh, well, we enjoyed your speech. It was very beautiful. It was very nice. Uh, thank you, everyone out here. I just want to tell you, Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah khairan. Thank you for joining us. I just want to really point out something. I just want to show you guys that it's not really the board of the MSA who's representing the MSA. It is actually you guys, the Muslims, who's rep representing the MSA. On behalf of us, more of you guys come and attend us, our, our events. I would like to see more faces, inshallah, more Muslims, more people, even non-Muslims. I'm not trying to exclude anyone. Uh, so please, I would like to see more faces. Join us in our events. We are not by all means excluding anyone at all. Uh, again, Jazakumullah Khairan. Thank you for attending this event. And it was very nice uh, having Sheikh Yasser Bridges speak on our behalf. Thank you very much.